Hello and welcome to the Living on the B-Side podcast, a show for the quiet and introverted humans. This is a place for you if you're looking for a different way to feel and connect to your emotions and experience life from a different angle, music. I'm your host Birgit and I'm all about using our love of music and the connected experiences to enrich our life in a different way. Join me while I talk about songs and artists from different genres of music, what impact they had in my life, and the thoughts and emotions triggered by them, and also the why. I can't wait to take you on this musical journey with me. Hey, and welcome, B-Siders, to another guest episode of my podcast. I'm so happy you've tuned in again to listen to another amazing guest share their story around and with music. And uh, I'm sure that it will be full of golden nuggets, full of good juices and high and low notes if you want to go down the music road. And um, without further ado, I'm going to keep it very short today, the intro. I'm going to welcome my next guest, which is Eric. Eric, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for um, joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is um, this is one of the first podcasts that really seem to be in tune with with where I am right now. So I'm very excited to share this space with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome and so great to hear. <laughs> um, now before we dive into your story, which is truly amazing and um, almost a little bit out of this world, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. Would you mind just telling uh, my audience who you are and what you're, I don't like to say day job, that sounds very um, bland and dry, but what do you do to help others in this world? Let me put it that way. Um, and yes. then we can flow into your amazing story. I can't wait to share that with everybody. But please, yeah, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, please. Absolutely. So I'm a holistic life coach and motivational entertainer, I call myself now. <laughs> but I work I work with people one on one. I guide self-aware individuals to tune their minds and their bodies so that they could create more ease and flow as they move towards their greatest self, we could call it, or their greatest potential, or their their ideal. Mm-hmm. And you know, whether that be with health or relationship or, you know, just living your life's purpose, there's always, there's always a path of least resistance. And my work has become to help people find that path for themselves to make things easier, more in flow, and um, to do it as authentically as possible. And when I'm not working one-on-one with people, um, I'm hosting workshops that that where I try to teach certain pr- principles, certain tools, while telling my own story and infusing my own original music in there to really, you know, influence the energy, but also to really ground the message of what I'm trying to say and where it has brought me. Mm, beautiful. And I'd like to highlight that you're also um, a musician yourself and that impacts your work as a coach very heavily these days, isn't it? Yes, very exactly. much so. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to highlight that because that's, um, I think, a huge part for me, what, what kind of fascinated me with, with you and, and how you actually work with people. So just wanted to kind of <laughs> make that known to everybody. Now, as I said, you have, um, I guess it's in a way a sad and an amazing story how you came to this point in your life and 
yeah, um, once people obviously hear it, they'll understand why I'm saying this. But it also is from well, I feel a story of of hope, of trust, mm-hmm. and to oh god, I don't want to use the word because I know you're going to use it um, when you tell me your story shortly. Um, the word surrender. So I would love if you could share with everyone. Um, your story your backstory to where you are now and we can go from there and then people realize how music um, will play into that I'm sure absolutely thank you and yeah no I love you you mentioning those key words those key terms surrender um, because yeah that's you know that's that that deep tool we I could call it it was a tool that I used to experience something very beautiful within something very tragic Um, and I when I tell this story in my workshops I call it the gift of tragedy Mm. because I believe not only is that my perception of what happened to me but I believe that it's available for everyone within their darkest moments there's a silver lining there's a gift within that that's being given to them it's not happening to them but happening for them and it's meant to be used as I have mine, but um, without further ado, I'll, I'll you know I'll start by saying I've I've been a musician since I was about seven years old. I got my first guitar. I grew up listening to the Beatles and the Who and Cat Stevens with my parents. Always loved singing and dancing and pretending to be John Lennon. And my younger brother, with darker hair, would pretend to be Paul. And I'll never forget you know my dad vacuuming, and we would both be like harmonizing with the vacuum. To give you an idea of how you know rooted I was, or how expressive I was in in tune with myself at a very young age, um, growing up as most people do as we become teenagers, I became very self-conscious. I became more focused on how I looked and how what people thought of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I started lifting weights to get bigger because I'm I'm short. I thought I needed to get wider. Um, I joined the wrestling team because my brother was a captain on the team. Um, and I felt myself very divided in this this artistic, expressive part of me and this other person that was like, you know, health and fitness. Um, so I lived that divided life for a long time. And because of all the injuries I sustained um, as an athlete, I went to school to become a physical therapist. I was in undergrad for that. And... Funnily enough, I was in this program. It was some kind of leadership program. And there were so many, there were all these like motivational speakers that were trying to help you find what you were most passionate about. And everything led me back to music. Um, So at this time, I'm allowing myself to start writing. Um, I start playing music with friends and and we form a group and we start to play live and we start to record. But again, I'm just living this double life. And feeling just just separate within myself of you know what I'm good at and what I'm interested in what 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 I'm passionate about. Um, over time, my anxiety got worse and worse. It would you know it brewed in in high school. Um, I overcame it with wrestling, but then as soon as I got on stage, you know, the most I've ever felt in a state of panic was that stage fright, being on stage and not just. I kept putting myself in front of people. I wasn't afraid to to be on the stage, but I was afraid of people seeing me nervous. And that became like a self-perpetuating cycle um, of just like feeling the nerves and getting nervous because of that feeling of nerves rather than just 
being on stage or being in front of people because I wanted to be up there. Um, so slowly but surely, I was very physically affected by my anxiety and was fortunate to discover that it was because of my focus or my state of mind that I was this tense and shaky and and out of tune, just out of tune within myself. Yeah. And eventually I discovered meditation. Eventually um, a book called The Power of Now was given to me by my dentist who noticed I was grinding my teeth from all the stress. And I began to understand this idea that by letting go or by surrendering, I could feel peace within a moment. Mm. And being in like a science major, I started to see the world in a very black and white way. And that led to me feeling more and more disconnected from myself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I was learned to start to quiet my mind and try to disidentify with my thoughts and, and tune into my breath and hear the sounds around me, I started to develop what I call a spiritual connection, but it's just an awareness of the connection between my my own awareness and my energy with everything around me and the way that my world unfolds i recognize that my relationship with my environment got easier and more harmonious when i was in a state of surrender and getting more in tune with myself just through my awareness and you know, so I, that became like my new passion, just learning how to go deeper and deeper in myself. How could I, you know, expand my consciousness, expand my awareness? Because it was such a beautiful thing that that led me to feel how I hoped all the achievements that I was going for would make me feel, which was whole. Mm -hmm. I had never felt whole or complete or content until I learned how to sit quietly and just feel my breath for a few moments. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm going on this inner journey now, shifting from the outer of trying to get bigger and stronger and be a winner and then be successful in school, I shift to the inside. Mm -hmm. And life starts to get easier. It starts to be in more flow. I'm able to, I'm able, I don't want to say tolerate more, but be with more. Someone could get upset and it was less, like I wasn't so phased by it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm noticing again, the reflection of myself in the world around me. Life is a mirror and it was mm -hmm. showing me that I'm too, I'm more in tune because things outside of me are more harmonious and more rhythmic, mm -hmm. finding my groove <laughs> and I'm learning how to pull out the divider even more um, in relation to music. And so anyway, so I'm one night I'm working in the city as a personal trainer. I shifted from physical therapy to training because I wanted to focus on people's mindset too. I thought if I was like a strength coach, I could help people on that aspect. And one night I'm working and I get a call from my mom and she tells me that my oldest sister, my only sister, Jessica, was found blue. She had overdosed. She was brought back with Narcan and she was now in a coma. And to give a little background of my sister, she was 16 years older than me and immediately my biggest fan, even before I played the guitar. But as soon as I picked up an instrument, she started burning me CDs. Um, like first it was just like a mix of all alternative and then I would say what I liked and I had every Blink-182, every Green Day, every Sublime, Weezer, um, every, you know, everything that she thought would influence me and she would always encourage me to play um, for her in front of her friends, even over the phone. She's like, you got to listen to my brother. And I 
objectively was not good, but she saw me as a beetle. She treated me like one. And the the only disconnect between me and her was like I would just like I would learn a song just for like the opening riff and like wouldn't care about the rest of the song. And she would get upset when I would just play a little one song and then stop and go to another song. She's like, play the whole song, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. So anyways, so I'm, this news falls upon me. Mm-hmm. And I immediately become aware that if I am to lessen my suffering, if I'm to make this as painless or as tolerable as possible, I have to let go. I have to surrender. And that's the common theme between a lot of Eastern teachings, which the power of now, it takes a lot of different spiritual teachings. But if you cling to life, to form, to your identity, to your label, to, to your money, to material, you will suffer if you cling. So I knew I have to let go. Mm-hmm. And one other awareness that I had was that if I am to influence this situation with my own energy, I have to feel as if I would feel, or I'm, I would have to feel as if I would imagine I would feel should the outcome turn out in my favor. So that's how the law of attraction works. If you, you know, if you want this job, if you want this relationship, this, this outcome, you have to imagine how you would feel and you have to tune into that energy. Just like a radio, if you want to receive, I'm going to use a local station for me, um, 93.3 WMMR. If you want to receive that station, which is out in the frequencies are coming out, whether your car is on or not, in order to receive it, you have to tune your dial to it. Mm-hmm. So law of attraction says you need to tune your dial to the emotion that you imagine would be within that thing that you want. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm aware I need to surrender. But I'm also going to hold on to this feeling of gratitude in my heart as I go through this. And, you know, so being aware of that, I see my sister, I've never, it's, I won't, you know, I won't get too descriptive, but not a, not a good sight. And while I'm letting go of her physical form, I'm keeping myself open to anything else that's available to me. Mm-hmm. And so as I let go of her form, I immediately begin to feel what you call her formless essence. Everything about her that was not in form was finding its way back to me. It was flowing back into my experience. Her love for me, I could feel come through other people. Mm-hmm. Her, her personality seemed to even surround me in a room at one moment, and I just felt like a fish in the ocean, and the ocean was her. And even songs on the radio, one song after another, I'm as free as a bird now. Um, And then the Sting song, which could kind of sound creepy at times, but he says, I'll be watching you every step you take. And it was like song after song. I'm like, she's with me right now. And I couldn't shake this feeling that everything was going to be okay. I didn't know what that meant, but the feeling was everything was going to be okay. She was in the hospital in a coma for 11 days, and over the course of that, she began to look like she was getting better. And while that was happening, we were stretching her hands and her feet. We were diffusing essential oils. We were putting – she loved new kids on the block. Everyone, <laughs> Anyone that knows her know that she loved new kids on the block. <laughs> 
and we were playing it on the radio and the and people were so many friends were coming in and out telling their stories and there seemed to be a correlation between this energy we were creating in the room and her physical response her color came back mm-hmm. her she seemed more restful her blood pressure was coming back right and it was like so much i'm getting chills now just talking about it. there was so much hope in the room mm-hmm. and it was because i was letting go and because i was feeling gr- grateful i could because I was attuning my energy, I could see all the ways that I could contribute, which was, mm-hmm. okay, I can't do anything to her brain, but I could find a frequency on YouTube that's f- supposed to stimulate the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing all these things and it seemed to be working. And one download, we'll call it, that I had in my awareness, one insight that I had while in the hospital still was, I am supposed to use this for my music. I'm done living this double life. I'm supposed to use this hard experience because that was that and other artists or musicians might have this too, where, you know, I thought like I love John Lennon and I knew that he suffered as a kid. Like he had it hard. Like I'm like, oh, I haven't suffered enough to write any good music. That was like a limiting, but I don't know how conscious I was of that. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I'm like, this is that traumatic experience that I needed to write really meaningful music. (laughs) So any, so I'm aware of that, and so comes at the end of the eleven days, the swelling in the brain comes down enough for them to to look at the brain more clearly, and they decide that she was gone upon the initial discovery. She couldn't be brought back, and if she was, mm-hmm. she would she would have to be kept alive through machines. And we knew that she didn't want that. Um, I wouldn't want that, and in a very peaceful sense. I could let go even more. I knew that there was, she wasn't going to suffer even if she was alive. And I felt great peace with that. And almost to a degree that I felt crazy telling people that when I came home, you know, people were like, oh, where were you for the last two weeks? And it's like, oh, my sister died, but it's all good. You know, it's like, there's no way to express what I was experiencing, which was grace. I was experiencing something very, it became more of a beautiful ceremony, sending her off in her glory rather than this clinging and resisting mm-hmm. what's happening. And so leaving that experience to, you know, to tie it all together, I knew that I was going to use my music in a bigger way. And I started a new band called Rhea, which means flowing to describe the nature of my sister's formless essence. And I wrote an album. I started a new band that allowed me to be the front to have this message and then I shifted from training into life coaching because I had read so many books I'm like I know enough I know that in trad in a tragic moment you could surrender and feel peace rather than grief I didn't I was sad but I did not grieve because I wasn't clinging I wasn't doubting I wasn't feeling guilty mm-hmm. and not to say that people shouldn't feel grief that's a part of the process but i i managed to step over it just Mm -hmm. through my mindset and my awareness Mm -hmm. and slowly but surely i found that oh that my songs that i'm singing are motivational they're spiritual they 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 carry this deeper message and that's the message that i try to help people find within themselves within my coaching so i found a way to marry this wellness part of me with this musician part of me and it's growing day by day and it runs deeper and deeper um and i think that's that sums it up (laughs) but yeah i mean it's really hard to 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 make it 
just like small like you know you have to tell it the way it is it's really hard to not go as deep as you did because obviously it was such a profound experience I can I can sense that I can really hear that too so you probably have to go in outwards and explain everything that's been going on which is yeah as I said it's beautiful and, and, and in a way sad at the same time but I'm I'm really glad that you were able to to see all that and like you said we, we all struggle with with grief so much and it's it's really nice to hear that there's an other way to to deal with it so that's that's really a big takeaway for me anyway. And I love the fact that she was actually to come through to you and give you that message of, you know, stop being two people because you're only one. Mm -hmm. And that person that you are is a musician, but also someone that can help others. And receiving that download, if you want to call it, that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, in essence, a beautiful story. Sad it had to happen, I suppose, but from what I can gather, how you tell everything and how you talk about her, she's still there. Mm -hmm. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how I perceive it anyway. Yes, and it's, and thank you for that acknowledgement and reflection. And yes, it's, I feel as though I know her better than I ever have. Wow. In that where mm -hmm. she wasn't with me, mm -hmm. she like we would, you know, there was Facebook and there was things, but, you know, I couldn't feel her immediately with me where now mm -hmm. I'm able to tune into her love for me. And that transcended into a self-love. Mm -hmm. I didn't fully love, I liked myself, I thought, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't know how to really care for myself and be maternal with myself. Everyone, I was overly masculine in my doing and my effort and my achieving and feeling her love for me, which I feel, you know, anytime I bring my awareness to it, it allows me to rest. It allows me to nurture myself. It allows me to give all the things that my inner artist really needs, which is, you know, you need self-care. You need to treat yourself like a child a bit. Mm -hmm. And allow yourself to just be and have fun. And her That's transition right. helped me do that. Now, I sort of looked over my notes when we had um, a chat previously. And I wrote something down. And I feel it's it's kind of a nice transition from your backstory to, to where you are now. And one thing that stuck with me was, I think you, you said you went from fear to fuel like you can I don't know if you remember we talked about that mm -hmm. and that really stuck with me so I would if you don't mind I would love if you I don't know if you remember what we talked about I have a vague memory but I think it has to do with you then going on stage and using that to instead of feeling fear you've used it as fuel so could you just explain a little bit how you were able to going from having stage fright, I guess you musician call it, is it? Or even actors mm -hmm. probably have it, um, to actually use that to fuel yourself and get into your zone of genius, I suppose, as a musician. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so, you know, it happened as a wrestler and it, it amplified as a, you know, a musician on stage 
not I I don't feel like it was as there when I would just play guitar, but as soon as I started singing my own songs, it was a whole other level of vulnerability. And my fear response, my awareness of it is immediately my heart starts pounding out of my chest. And that would alarm me. That would be like, oh, no, I'm getting nervous. I'm not going to do well or I'm, I'm going to get shaky. And that's why my voice would get small and shaky. I'd be sweating profusely, my hands clammy. Um, and I would make mistakes that I wasn't, you know, that I shouldn't have been making or I just wasn't, you know, wouldn't make if I was in a normal practice setting. And while I was going through my own coaching and mentorship experience, well, there were, there were other things that I helped to regulate that there's different things that you could do to help regulate a fear response. You could do breath work. There's a technique mm-hmm. called havening that rewires that, that um, like post, almost like a post-traumatic response to something that was threat perceived as threatening. So, you know, while I was doing those things, someone said to me, like, try to perceive that fear response as fuel as a, a surge of energy instead rather than oh no this is panic happening mm-hmm. so you know many times i would still get up on stage and the heart would start to beat but then i would just be present with it and hold an awareness that allowed it to be there i'm like oh this is my fuel this is my energy that's going to drive my performance and taking that surrendered like seeing it as fuel, you could allow it, you surrender to it. And that just allows that surge to kind of make its way through. Um, Mm. As opposed to it getting caught in that cycle of like, oh no, now I'm worried about it. Now Mm. the heart's going to be like, oh no, now I'm worried. And the heart keeps going and all those anxious physical effects happen. Mm. I guess I was just thinking when you say surrender, maybe, and that's just, for me, and I don't know if you agree with that, but sometimes we have, I think you have to be careful because there's different ways of surrendering. Some people might sit with it and get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel what, what you're trying to say is acknowledge it, but don't let it drag you down. Maybe mm-hmm. sit with it for a bit and then try to move through it. Because sometimes, obviously, when you have fear, um, it can really pull you right into its grip. And I think that's not what you mean. You mean acknowledge it, maybe sit with it, and then try to walk through it and with it, but don't let it direct direct you in a direction you don't want to go. Is that how you mean? Yes, exactly. And you're, you're right. People could perceive surrender as giving up, giving in. Mm-hmm. So like if I were to give up to that stage fright, I would stop performing. Mm-hmm. But I, instead I was not giving up, but I was resisting it. Mm. I was t- saying, this is, I shouldn't be feeling this. This is a bad feeling. I was mm-hmm. judging it. And that resistance only makes it worse. It wants that emotion wants to be expressed. Emotion mm-hmm. and ener- that emotional energy wants to flow out. And it couldn't flow through me until I allowed it to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, be with it. I had to allow it as if it was a part of me Mm-hmm. And then once I allow it, I take that openness, you know, that open awareness to it, it begins to settle. Whereas you try to keep it in, you know, think about trying to keep an animal in a trunk. It's going to start, it's going to yeah. get more fierce. Whereas like yeah. you open up the trunk and then it's like, oh, we, I could be here with you. Yeah. Sweet. That's, I think that's really, I think that's really helpful to have that distinction between the two. Now, the other thing that I, um, 
I remember we touched on was two things and I'd love to cover them because I think they're really really helpful I wrote down and I don't know if this is the right way to, to, to write it down but I wrote down the bang analogy so basically from memory you said we are all our own band and we are different musicians at different times and that visual for me was very powerful um so, for example, there's a there's probably a time and a place where you have to be the lead singer, so you have to step out and lead the way. Whereas other times you can be maybe the bass player who's there, but it's not the focus is not essentially on you so much. So you can kind of plot along. But then sometimes you might be the drummer, which a drummer is hugely important to a band. From my limited understanding of of music and bands, if you don't have a drummer, your rhythms, you know, gone. It's hard to be a singer and another musician. Um, and that to me was really powerful because it, it kind of feels like it can help people to see themselves as, how shall I put this, one but not and powerful in different ways. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that, because I thought that was a really cool point you've made. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we're and like you said already, we're we're always someone slightly different depending on who we're with. I'm a different Eric when I'm with my family. I'm a different Eric when I'm with my girlfriend. I'm a different Eric when I'm with my band or with my friends. So to recognize what your strong suit is within each different entity that mm -hmm. you could participate in. So yes, yeah, some and sometimes you if there's if there's no one if no one's given any direction, um, it calls for someone to take the lead, to you know to to not to drive the bus because I'm I'm going to use another analogy for that but it takes someone to, to to be up front whereas other times you might need to be the person that maintains the rhythm maintains the tempo mm -hmm. um like say you're trying to i'm always thinking that my family's always late for everything so sometimes i need to be the person keeping the tempo letting them know of the time whereas like i'm not trying to you know, I'm not trying to control anybody, but if there's something, if there's some kind of schedule to be maintained, it's timing and right timing is important in rhythm and in music. Mm. And, but so like, and you think of like an orchestra, there's, there's all these different parts that are playing different, um, different frequencies of sound, right? You have low ends and you have really high ends and, you know, it sounds beautiful because it's an assortment of all the things. And you think of even like, um, just like the space in between notes, like, like it might sound good for the drums to be playing the whole time, but it might not sound good if like the lead guitar is playing lead the entire time. So, you know, to relate that back to people and the way that we fit in with others, like everyone has a special gift or a special vibration to contribute to to whatever entity of people that they're in so when we're more aware we could recognize okay what's my you know how could i be authentic my authentic self and contribute to this group or you know how could i be most myself without 
um, stepping on somebody else. You know, and sometimes there can be lead singers, but sometimes you recognize that a person's more dominant in conversation or whatever it is. And it's going to be hard to even think of just a stranger. If someone's really talkative, like I am being right now, it's going to be, if you were trying to talk over me, there would be, there would be contrast, right? But you're holding space and you're listening and you're allowing me to speak. And then I recognize there's a moment for me to step back so that you could have your turn. And it's the same thing. You don't want two lead guitars can't be going at the same exact time mm. the whole time. Yeah. And I love that visual because it, I think it really helps people to recognize that, like you said, I can be something different at different times and it's okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's needed. Exactly. We need to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other thing that I'm curious about to hear your take on it is, Obviously, you're singing, so you know how to use your voice. Mm -hmm. How do you think we could use our voice to help us with our energy? Have you ever thought about that? Or, um, you know, obviously we have different tone of voices in different situations. Sometimes we're louder, sometimes we're quiet. But do you think there's a way that could help us regulate our energy or help us with our energy levels are you are you referring to how we could use singing to help ourselves or in what context do you mean Mm -hmm. using the voice well i guess we (laughs) i know a lot of us non-singers probably think we can't sing to start off with so i think singing in the shower is probably the furthest we will ever go um yeah, maybe. Maybe let's start there. But I'm sort of thinking in a day-to-day scenario as well. Um, or just become aware maybe how we use our voice and how that affects our energies. It could be even self-talk, I suppose. If we talk nice to us, that will help with our energy of us feeling more positive. Mm-hmm. Because it's our voice is, is a sound and it's music. So I always feel like the way I talk to myself helps me either feel better or worse and goes back mm-hmm. to self-love. So I don't know if you have any thoughts around it at all. Anything that yeah, comes I to d- mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I see kind of, mul- I see multiple ways in which the voice, mm-hmm. whether singing or speaking helps mm-hmm. us, helps the individual um, with the expression. So, so yeah, so, so singing, yes, it's a vibration when we're singing and even when we're speaking, you could feel the vibration in your chest, you could feel it in your palate. Um, and depending on the range that you're singing and you kind of feel it in different parts of your body and there's like, there's throat singers. And I know someone that I played some music with had vocal lessons and would refer to, you know, either singing from my stomach or singing from my throat or my chest. And I wasn't aware, like I'm, you know, I'm not taught officially in that way, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, so singing, we're, we're putting out these vibrations and the vibration helps the body feel good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think it's a different experience to just listen to music and to sing along with it. You really feel the vibration within yourself and there's going to be a chemical change in us. Um, dopamine, which is a, a feel good neurotransmitter. Um, will be stimulated through that vibration and through that expression. Um, And then like just regarding expression, again, emotions, if we break down the word emotion, E we could think of as outward, think exit or external. And motion means movement. 
So our emotions want to move or flow out of us. They want to be expressed and to sing something. That's the only way that that was for a while the only way that I could express how I was feeling was in my music, to sing it. Um, I didn't know any other way to go about it, but journaling is another way to express yourself, but it's it's coming out in a different way and it doesn't have the vibration, but it's still a very powerful technique. And then like you said with self-talk, yes, the words that we say have different vibrations to them. If I say a positive word, it has a different vibration to it than a negative word. and you know, I think research shows that even like just talking to your plants in a positive way allows them to grow differently, playing different kinds of music because it's a different quality of vibration, not that one's right or one's wrong, but one is more harmonic and expansive and uplifting. You know that song that brings you up here versus, you know, a song that might bring you down here, but sometimes we need to be down there too. But yes, the quality of the words that you say, that's why affirmations are so important and different mantras. Um, are so important. And, you know, one thing that I say to myself every day, you know, I do a little bit of yoga, a little bit of Tai Chi, and I stand in my backyard and I just say, my days are easy, clear, spacious, healing, and free. And those words have a certain quality that leave me afterwards feeling like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be that way. Mm -hmm. And speaking it allows you to hear it too it's different than when you think it you're just it's just in your mind but when you mm -hmm. speak it you're it's coming out and going back in and you could begin to believe it a little bit more and trust mm -hmm. it and and be yeah. affected by it in a good way nice nice and just when you say those words that you say to yourself every day they do sound easy easy and and um expansive I guess that's how I perceive them so maybe that's something we should be a bit more aware of the words we're using how do they sound to us and how do they make us feel and that's probably a good indicator on where we are and how we can use that to, to make us go in a more positive direction so that's a really good example I love that Oh, God, we've covered so much today and it's been such a good, good um, time. I could ask you so many more questions. <laughs> I could answer so many more. <laughs> we could probably do a part two, I suppose. Um, but I think we gave so much food for thought to, to my audience mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for that. So thank you so much for sharing your story and how you brought together music and um, wellness health which is in essence I always feel a lot of one music is health and well-being if we allow it mm -hmm. but it's always great to hear other people's journey on how they found their way back to that so that's very inspiring as well before we wrap up I would love to ask you one last question though and it's a fun question which I always ask if you would have to describe your business and or life with one song, which one would that currently be? And could you share why that is? Yes, I love that question. Um, one song that I kind of rediscovered um, because it's not on any of the main albums, but it's, it's called It's All Too Much by the Beatles, um, sung by George Harrison. And to me, it's, 
you know, I'm not sure what his intention was, but what I'm hearing is just this awareness of the abundance we have available to us. He says, it's all too much for me to take. And when you really, when you make the decision to see that abundance, to see the resources you have available, to see that money can flow to you when you're in, when you're in alignment, that wellness flows, wellness, well-being is flowing to us. We just have to get out of its way. That's really a lot of, you know, what I help people do and what I practice myself is all this good stuff is coming to me. I just got to get out of my own way, get out of its way and allow it. So that song, It's All Too Much, is really about that abundance. And um, it's too much. I can't take, I couldn't, I couldn't take it all in if I tried. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, but I definitely will have to now. Um, if it sounds really cool. Hmm. And a good way of looking at it too, definitely, because I know there's a lot of sad, cruel things happening in the world, but the more people, I guess, um, look at abundance and, and realize it's there, the more we can shift things and the more we can make it a better place. So definitely a song that yes. can be on that soundtrack of life, I think. Yeah. And, and to add one thing to, you know, what's happening in the world, mm -hmm. we're in very chaotic times, but I, I truly believe that if each individual could allow themselves to be themselves and love themselves. And when they, when we receive our abundance, you know, what we're inherently worthy of, we fill up our cup, our cup mm -hmm. overflows. And once our cup is overflowing, we have no choice but to pour it out to everybody else, to give it out. So that self-love, it, sometimes it could seem like selfishness, but what it leads to is this inability to not give, you almost have, once you feel so filled up, you have to share it with everybody else. Mm. And that's where I think we're going. People are realizing this and it's making people want to teach, want to become coaches, want to help others heal. And that comes starting with that self-love and that awareness of all that you're worth and all that you have available to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have self-love, you feel joy, you want to dance, you want to sing, you want to celebrate, not just yourself, but others. So mm -hmm. natural flow of things, isn't it? Wonderful. Well, that was, yeah, a great finish to this episode. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for your um, last words. I think we can all, yeah, should do that a bit more. And it is happening. I can feel it too. So we're on our way for sure. Um, we well, are in motion. Ex yeah, exactly. Well, I'm trying to dance a bit more. So, <laughs> Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your gift and your story with us all. And, um, yeah, um, I wish you all the best, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch and we'll, you know, see where everything leads us and share more musical joy and well-being with everybody else. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with Eric, his details are, will be in the or are in the episode descriptions. So please get in touch if you feel called to do so for whatever reason. Otherwise, thank you so much, B-Siders, for listening to this episode. I would love to hear your takeaways. So as always, get in touch with me. Otherwise, I will be in your earbuds again very soon with my next episodes. Until then, you take care and keep on dancing. Thank you.
Bye.